Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thomas Tuchel is out of Chelsea. Unbelievable stuff after losing in the opening game of the Champions League. Tuchel's 100th and final match in charge of the Blues was, of course, yesterday. And Todd Bowley said, enough. That is it. And the German manager is out. So now the questions are, why did it happen? Who is it next for Chelsea? And what can be of their season, especially after spending so much money? We got James Bench. Jonathan Johnson in the house. Kego Lasso, a live episode. So send in your questions and your comments, Chelsea fans. This is a safe space. We promise. Kego Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Kego Lasso pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso. We have passed 22,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for the love and support. This is an emergency show. Uh, it won't be a long one, but it's an important one because Thomas Tuchel is out of Chelsea. After completing his 100th match, he has been fired by Todd Bowley and co after losing one nothing to Dynamo Zagreb. But I think the execs and the statement itself can really say that it was much more than that. They spent more than 250 million pounds on nine players and still not good enough. Thomas Tuchel is out. James Bench, initial immediate reactions from you, please. Yeah, well, you said this is a safe space. It's not a safe space if you're Todd Bowley. Todd Bowley, if you're watching this, you know, I, we need to have a word. Look, I mean, I was I was writing a piece yesterday off the back of um, the, uh, the, the, the dreadful performance against Dinamo Zagreb. And I thought, you know, at the end, I was kind of going, well, no, but they would be mad to sack him. Off, you know, I said, you know, this is troubling and that he needs to fix this. And, and Tuchel himself said he didn't know what the problem was. And all those things are, are troubling. But then you kind of look back and you say, you know, he made an immediate impact when he took over, leading them to the Champions League. First half of last season, they were, looked very, very strong. And people seem to forget that then he had to steward Chelsea through some pretty unprecedented circumstances. So perhaps it was no wonder the form dropped off a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, Chelsea, Todd Bowley clearly decided this is a man I want to entrust with major responsibility. He, Tuchel had a say in pretty much every transfer from what I was told. And of course, on the final day of the transfer window, they brought him one of the, his favourite players he's ever worked with in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, and last month they were talking about extending his contract. You know, that's a matter of record. Thomas Tuchel said that. And now they've sacked him. It is baffling. It, or it only makes sense in the old world of Chelsea. It is a really bad piece of club management. And if I would, I know we're going to come to talk about the contenders soon after, but if I were Graham Potter, I would need some convincing that Todd Bowley and whoever else is around him actually have a clue what they're doing because the first few months suggest they're flying blind here. 
Yeah, absolutely. I can only echo James's uh, sentiments. It kind of feels like, you know, Chelsea are doing all of this on the fly. Obviously, Bowley is somebody who's new to the game and is discovering what it's like to be in charge of a football club. Yes, he has sporting experience, but, you know, from a world which works completely differently, uh, you know, in this kind of respect, uh, you know, to, to, to the Premier League and footballing world. Um, is it a surprise for me that things have ended badly between Tuchel and Chelsea? No. I think I said at the beginning that ultimately however positive the early days might be between Tuchel and Chelsea, something would happen eventually. You know, Tuchel always finds a way to, to fall out with his higher-ups. The surprise is that he managed to sort of outlast, uh, you know, the Abramovich era, you know, got a fresh start with with Bowley coming in. And then, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, Bowley decides a couple of games into the season, having just dropped so much money into the transfer window, uh, you know, that it's time for a change. To me, it feels like, all the right things were said, uh, you know, when when Bowley and the new group came in. But actually, you know, sort of the intention, you know, perhaps behind the scenes was to to, to move Tuchel on at some point when there was an opportunity, uh, you know, to, to sort of stamp their authority on it and make a, a hire of their own. I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying uh, on social media this morning, you know, that uh, – coaches or you know sort of the tactician uh of, of an outfit like this in Bodhi's experience is not somebody who's often highly thought of uh and it just seems like you know this as well as a number of the transfer decisions that were made this summer have been very knee-jerk it doesn't seem like there's been much uh you know forward planning at all um and fine you know if this ultimately is the direction that Chelsea want to go in then you know we'll see you know what comes next but if it's only to change direction again I don't know before Christmas sometimes just sometime just afterwards then it's an absolute nonsense uh you know I think Tuchel I mean, you know, he is, it, he, he's the right guy to have in a very difficult spot. Um, and now uh, it feels like whoever is coming in is going to be coming into an extremely high pressure position. And perhaps that is not what either Graham Potter nor Maurizio Pochettino, having just come out of the, the PSG frying pan, uh, you know, would want from their next posting. All right, we're going to talk about uh, the prospective candidates. Uh, we mentioned Graham Potter, of course, Pochettino, Sedan, though I doubt that one is even more realistic than the other two. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second, but let me just read a little bit from that statement from Chelsea uh, Bench, and then you chime in, and, and JJ, you as well. I just wanted to, you know, because both your points are about a little bit of a, you know, a mismanagement sort of objective here by Boli acting so rapidly on, on firing him, uh, not too much of a shock, you know, in regards to some of the results that have come the way, not just the Champions League, of course, losing in the same manner at Leeds United, whatever, but it's only September, so it's kind of crazy that it happens this early. Some of the statement read, as the new ownership group reaches 100 days since taking over the club, and as it continues its hard work to take the club forward, the new owners believe it is the right time to make this transition. Chelsea's coaching staff will ch will take charge of the team for training and the preparation for our upcoming matches as the club moves swiftly to appoint a new head coach though james bench you uh aptly reported that it's not just tuchel that is leaving but it's also a lot of his staff so they're a little bit thin in this london party <laughs> this weekend yes very very thin although i think it gives you a sense of sort of how chaotic and how as much as chelsea might tell you otherwise how this has kind of come out of the blue that when i was speaking to people who would know this this morning they didn't know if Jolt Lowe, um, Arne Michels, and the other 
guy whose name is escaping me that came with Tuchel would definitely be leaving with Tuchel because this has all come together a little bit on the fly. I mean, maybe as well, if we, we kind of look at that, that's what they've said in public, what they're saying in private, and you'll see sort of dozens of pieces flying around over the next few days, next few hours, the next few days, if you haven't already, about why Chelsea made this decision. And just to kind of give you a reporter's perspective, JJ, I know you'll have done the same on many, many occasions with PSG. But, you know, when when the clubs you're covering, it's a good time to get some, for, for club insiders and people to get some stuff off their chest, to bring some stuff out of the woodwork these hours after a manager's sacked. We hear a lot of complaints about how Bowley and, and Egg Barley was struggling to work with too cool that he wasn't always that receptive that he he changed his mind a lot. Um, I heard the Ronaldo also... thing was interesting, right? I, 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 Bowley really wanted Ronaldo apparently, yeah. and, and Tuchel was like, "No," and Bowley was like, "What? What? Why? He's amazing!" And obviously, not understanding Tuchel's tactical schemes, and and obviously to the point where I, I mean, I'm with Tuchel. Ronaldo's not a Chelsea player, but to that point, right? They just didn't. Agree yeah, exactly. And I think there are, I mean, there are players as well that are, are frustrated with their current role. Well, there always are at Chelsea. You don't have to be a, a genius to work out who they are and the likes of Hakim Ziyech and Christian Pulisic were really disappointed not to get moves away. But look, part of this is just how a club works. And, you know, Chelsea are talking about doubts that, that go back to the summer. Well, in that case, why did you just sign Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? I mean, bringing up Ronaldo again, I think Aubameyang is a better player with a more long-term, well, I mean, it's debatable whether Aubameyang's a better player with a more long-term future. But what's certainly true is that, you know, if you don't believe, if you're already doubting that Thomas Tuchel is the man for you, what you don't do on deadline day is sign a two, give a two-year contract to a 33-year-old who struggled in the Premier League last time around. And he's clearly your manager signing. And I think that's really what it comes down to. We're going to hear a lot over the next few days about why that Burley and the, the executives felt they had to act. But I think what we're not going to hear and what I w- would want answers from if I'm a Chelsea fan is why they felt the need to act now, but you know didn't kind of do anything about their reservations throughout the last few months, why they weren't putting in place people to, to manage Tuchel beyond themselves. That is, you know, that's the real question. And although I think Tuchel has made it harder for himself over these last few months, he's difficult, you know, going back to what JJ is saying, he could be a bit difficult in press conferences. I remember when he was sort of very negative towards what Leeds did when they thrashed him 3-0. But you should be able to manage that. And I think the person that's come out of this with all sorts of question marks, with all sorts of criticism for them, is the owner, not the manager. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think as well, uh, you know, it is... I think it was taken for granted what Thomas Tuchel did, uh, you know, how he kept Chelsea rolling, uh, you know, through a very difficult time when the takeover was being mooted. I think there was an expectation on the incoming owner's side, uh, you know, that, that that Tuchel would just be able to to keep the, the ship on a steady course. Uh, and on sort of the, the outgoing owner's side, it was like, well, we're, you know, we're, we're lucky to have this guy in charge because at the end of the day, Chelsea was still on the high at that point after, you know, winning the, the Champions League performing you know at a reasonably good level in the Premier League as well and then obviously that dropped off uh, and you know I think as well perhaps you know maybe there was a bit too much politeness uh, you know at the beginning of the the Bowley era perhaps they felt obliged to, to maybe keep Tuchel on and you know really if you have that sort of half-hearted feeling uh, you know towards somebody in a position as important as uh, you know the managerial role 
you know, then perhaps there should have been a review much, much earlier in the process. And that should have been one of the decisions made before, uh, you know, embarking on this massive, uh, you know, spending spree because you, know, you, know, you look at interrupt you quickly and then you can like, just to that point that you just said i feel like also uh you know todd bowley entered a very surreal uh you know time for chelsea right obviously abramovich leaving and and you know tuchel having to act as a communications officer as well at the time like there was a lot of disarray and todd bowley came in and i feel like and i just know this from his sort of mlb persona you know he wanted to almost probably symbolically wanted to see himself as a hero of Chelsea. I'm going to come in and save this club and do so many things. And I feel that now this is part of that, part of that persona is like, all right, it's not good enough. I promise we'll do change and it's not good enough. And I feel the impatience JJ uh, ha has kind of created this environment that really just obviously a hundred days in, you know, they keep saying a hundred days in, it's kind of like, look, this is a mark. This is a state. This is a date. We need to now move on. Do you think that's part of it as well? The fact that Bowley has come in, and he is pressuring himself to make massive changes for this club. Yeah, I mean, what happens after the next 100 days if the right. new exactly. manager exactly. Doesn't, doesn't have them top Every of the league? Days. Champions league group. Exactly. This is not going to be a long episode. So just very quickly, JJ, thoughts on, uh, on what, what Tuchel does next? A return to the Bundesliga, perhaps? Uh, there's a, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to, to see where Tuchel lands next. I mean, obviously his stock is still high in the Premier League. I'm sure that there would be other clubs, uh, you know, who will be looking for new managers in the next couple of months who would do worse uh, than, than consider Tuchel for that role. Also, at the same time, uh, you know, there has historically been interest from Bayern. We've discussed over a couple of recent podcasts. I know Ian Paul Joy is a big believer uh, that Nagelsmann could be on the hot seat there. So perhaps, you know, if he's on the move in the next couple of months, Tuchel does have a landing spot in Germany. It sounds like no sooner had the RB Leipzig one opened up, it's closed again with Marco Rose, who's a good fit for, for the Red Bull model with that uh, experience of having worked with them in Salzburg, is going to be taking that job. So there's no immediate spot for Tuchel in Germany. But you know, I think there will be a lot of clubs, uh, you know, looking in the Premier League who, you know, could feel that Tuchel might be persuaded to, you know, to, to take on the challenge to, to work with them. Villa, of course, could be one of them if uh, Steven Gerrard ends up being on the, the wrong side of the managerial axe this weekend. Tommy Tuchel's Claret and Blue Army. I love it. Uh, hey, listen, James Bench, I was going to ask you about the replacements and I want you to chime in after that. Graham Potter obviously being a, a massive candidate already permission from Brighton to talk to him, et cetera. But this is a USMNT-centric uh, show, of course, American-based. A lot of free Pulisic emojis going on right now. What does this mean for Christian Pulisic, James Bench, do you think? Well, not that much. The reason he's <laughs> not playing is because he's not in the... He said that he's not playing in his favoured role is because he's not in the three best forwards at Chelsea. Right. And he wouldn't be in the four either. Maybe he'd be in the five. I hate to break it to you, our American audience. It's not good news. It's not bad news. It's neutral news. He's still a squad player. It's no news. Right. Okay, so let's let's get into the replacements then. Let's talk about the major one. Graham Potter done tremendous things with Brighton uh, and Hove Albion. Just, a, you know, a, a great story and antithesis to all the sports washing and money and all that stuff. I don't want this to happen. Let me just say straight away. <laughs> All right. I know why you don't, and I know why JJ doesn't. Oh, what do you mean? Solly Holborn, Villa fan, like Villa fan. <laughs> so, I mean, for, for our How viewers, realistic is it, James Bench, for this to happen? Eminently. So, you know, as you just said there, you know, from what I'm told, 
the uh, he has been given permission. Now we should say he's been given permission because Chelsea are willing to pay his release clause, which is which being is. reported. I don't know for certain, but it's being reported. It's around sixteen million. That's a bargain. Um, so yeah. in effect, you know, it, it, it's all a little bit out of kilter. But Chelsea have said we'd pay his release clause. Brighton have said, okay, well, you may as well talk to him rather than, you know, I mean, how else could you do it? Um, so he's obviously now, I believe the reports are he's traveling up to up to London. Um, some debate as to whether he's flying or getting the train. Train service isn't great. He seems very much top of the list. Uh, from what I was told, expect them to at least kind of touch it, touch base with Mauricio Pochettino. Um, he would be the other candidate. But like the mood music coming out of Chelsea is they do want someone a bit more long-term. They want someone that, that, that they can build around. They want someone fresh. Um, and so, yeah, he ticks, he ticks pretty much every box, doesn't he? He plays great football. He, uh, he, he uses a very similar system to, He's to English, Poland. which is nice, right, for a Chelsea yeah. manager. Well, actually, well, Frank Lampard also, right, as a sandwich of English managers right there. Right, it's good right. to see. And, yeah. I mean, look, you know, JJ and I can both say, you know, Solihull talent, it's top tier. It is, you know, you are getting the best of the best when you appoint from Solihull, as CBS will agree. Preach, brother, preach. I mean, it's just for our viewers, they should both know we do actually share the same hometown as Graham Potter. So I'm very keen for him to get uh, further opportunities. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we are moving very quickly towards Potter being um, appointed. We shall see if there's any kinks on the road. Remember, the one thing I would say is he did turn down the Tottenham job effectively or, or took himself out of the running when Jose Mourinho left. He kind of reached the conclusion that it was a bit of a poison chalice. And I think it would be only understandable if he had similar doubts about Chelsea. We shall see. It is a very, very big job and a huge opportunity for him to take the step up. But um, we should remember that he is a smart man. And if he thinks it's not right, he knows he's got a great environment at Brighton. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think as well, it's kind of wishful thinking for Villa fans to think that Potter in the position he's in with Brighton would realistically sort of take a sideways step. I know he's got the, you know, the, the sentimental link, but while he's in Maybe the when he gets sacked job, by Chelsea. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Let's not, let's not uh, throw let's it be honest, JJ, at this point, it's not a sideways step. It's more like, you know, dropping down a few notches. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was I was being polite to our villa to our villa followers. I mean, the the funniest thing was the first chat groups that started pinging when this news broke this morning wasn't like just general sort of European football fans. It was two specific villa chats I'm in saying, Well, there goes our chances of landing potch. And then suddenly the Potter news is coming and they're saying, like, well, you know, there still might be a chance. I mean, you know, I think, I, I mean, I totally agree with everything James has said uh, about Potter. I don't have too much to, to add on that. I think obviously the temptation must be quite big for, for Potter, especially when he's just seen, you know, the moves that Chelsea have made and the squad that they've put together. But also at the same time, I don't doubt that it will be a very difficult decision for him to make whatever, uh, you know, the ultimate outcome is because what he's created at Brighton is something special. You know, you really sort of feel that watching, uh, you know, their early season form, the way that their transfer windows come together. You know, it, it it's a place that's brewing with positivity at this moment in time. And for Pochettino as the other candidate to Potter, I mean, you know, it, it, we, we talk about him leaving PSG. It's kind of like going from, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire at Chelsea. Because if you think, you know, he struggled in the environment in Paris, he's going to find Stamford Bridge very, very difficult if, uh, you know, he doesn't land on his feet and get results immediately. And, you know, the results that we saw in Paris just weren't good enough. It feels more like almost Pochettino perhaps would be better off perhaps filling the vacancy left by Potter if Potter does 
take the Chelsea job given what's that's just a very, happened. That's a very good point, actually. I so like that. Some of Pochettino's best football came at Espanyol and Southampton, and Brighton is not, you know, that dissimilar of a project, of course. Uh, before we move, before we finish off, because obviously it's just a short one. Graham Potter, uh, per James Bench, and of course. Uh, Added uh, multiple uh, sources from Fabrizio Romano, etc. Remains the favorite. We'll see what happens there. A director of football is a key thing for Chelsea as well. A vision right here and a project. But let's finish off with, uh, very quickly, JJ, Dominic Tedesco. He's done. Uh, surprised? No, I'm uh, not surprised at all. In fact, the only thing that I was, uh, you know, surprised about was the fact that, uh, you know, both Tedesco and Tuchel have beaten Lopetegui because I really thought Lopetegui was going to be the first manager to get the chop, especially after that result against City. It sounds like Sevilla are considering it, so who knows? Maybe I'll have a full house. I tweeted last night that I thought... Well, let's play a game, Lopetegui. JJ. Let's play a game with Bench. Let's play a game with Bench. Who's, who's next, all right? Who's next? Uh, we got Lopetegui, Inzaghi, Allegri. Who's, who's next? It's got to be Lopetegui. Yeah, I, I I agree with JJ. It's got to be Lopetegui. Although I thought Juventus were pretty dreadful last night, so I'm keeping an eye on Allegri, and they I'm also they were thinking yeah. whichever of Inter or Juve jump first, surely they will have a big look at Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. Absolutely. That is a good shout. The other one, uh, especially given that he has family that hails from Turin, I suggested Poch to Juve last night, which I don't think would be too bad a fit either. Uh, and that was an earlier narrative a while ago, even before Allegri, and it would suit them. Although, sorry, I, I know we're I know we're running over time here, mm -hmm. but while we're talking about this carousel, I have a little feeling though that Poch is inching towards Alan Kerbishley status, where forever linked, <laughs> forever linked. Obviously, a high grade Alan Kerbishley, the sort of Alan Kerbishley you get at Waitrose, not yeah, you know yeah. Alan Kerbishley you get at Sainsbury's. Um, yeah. <laughs> Whole Foods, Alan Kerbishley. Uh, there oh, we go. Works for our American audience. In the because South American uh, division. Yeah. I mean, even even like go back to a team like Arsenal, they will look, you know, it's been three. And obviously I know he has had that PSG job, but a lot of teams look at him long and hard, think about bringing him out of PSG or bring him over. And then there just always seems to be that one other person. So yeah, I'm keeping my, an my eye worry on about Pochettino, my worry about Pochettino, it's not so much even Pochettino, it's about what others are thinking of Pochettino recently. Is they're, they're, they're thinking too much of his PSG days, his Tottenham days. Uh, like he is at his absolute best when he enters a club that's a sort of a mid-table, uh, young prospects, hungry, and just want to learn an identity. And that's your Espanyols, your early Southamptons right there, just after avoiding relegation. Like Those are the clubs that really should be looking at him. I don't want him to go to a big club. I want him to, hell, go to a championship club and just come back up. I think I, I, you he don't, needs you don't, you don't want him at a big club. That's why you'd be happy with him at Villa Park. Yeah, I'm, waiting. I'm, waiting. I'm waiting for Grandpa. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's the end of our show. Before we say goodbye, don't forget to read both these lovely gentlemen's content on CBS Sports at James Bench at John underscore Le Gossip, also on CBS Sports HQ. It's another day of Champions League coverage as well. Don't forget, so make sure that you tune in to Paramount Plus, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. Final thoughts. Before we say goodbye, James Bench, final thoughts, buddy. Yeah, just one more on Poch. I don't think he should take Brighton because I think Pot has done such a good job. It would be something to really spoil your legacy when you then come like 12th with a good but not amazing cast of players. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Jonathan Johnson, final thoughts, buddy. 
Well, one final thought, and I'll stay with the Poch trend. Whoever he chooses next or whoever chooses him, he's going to have to think very carefully because to James's point about him becoming like a new Alan Kerbishley, I think he probably only realistically has one more shot at sort of a semi-major European job before people start to really ask questions given the way that the PSG spell ended. Yeah, wait for Sevilla, I say maybe. Just go to La Liga and see what happens. But there you have it, everybody. Thomas Tuchel is out and uh, Graham Potter is in the lead to take over the Chelsea job. We will see what happens because this Chelsea football club is right now without a manager. And it seems by the weekend without anybody on the bench. But we'll have to wait and see. James Ben, Jonathan Johnson, LME, thanks you so much for listening. Take a minute, by the way, to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also available as video, as you know from this one right here. Subscribe on YouTube. Visit YouTube. Thank you so much. James Bench, JJ, LME. We'll see you next time. Champions League recap later today. Bye-bye. Till then.